Good day, good evening, good morning, good night, wherever you are watching or listening from. This is Rosemary Downer with All Things Faith Walk. This is the place where we talk about the word of God in practical, meaningful, bite-sized terms. I take joy in teaching the word of God here sharing information that we can all use to strengthen our relationship with the Lord. And that's what life is all about. It's making sure that we have a relationship with God, making sure that we are rightly connected to him and we're walking according to the word of God. So this is where I do that. And I'm glad you are here to join me. I'm glad you are here to share in this teaching and I pray that it will be a blessing to you. If you like what you hear, please share it with someone, forward it to them. If you are not subscribing to this channel, I pray that you will. I'm on YouTube. You can subscribe or you can follow me on Facebook, Books by Rosemary or booksbyrosemary.com. My website is booksbyrosemary.com. You can find many books that I've written or all the books that I have written on my website. And I'm sure you'll find something that will edify you. Again, Facebook and Instagram are Books by Rosemary or Books by Rosemary Downer. Website is booksbyrosemary.com. So today I'm starting a three-part teaching on blessings and benefits of life in the spirit. So I taught on the person of Jesus Christ. That was three episodes. I taught on eight names of the Holy Spirit or for the Holy Spirit. That was two episodes. And now I'm going to spend three episodes teaching on blessings and benefits of life in the Spirit. Life is worthless without Him. Holy Spirit is Jesus Himself. Holy Spirit is God Himself. And if we don't have the health of the Holy Spirit, if we don't have the indwelling, active, ruling, reigning presence of the Holy Spirit, life is not worth living. Life is not the victorious life, will not be the victorious life that Jesus died for us to live. He said, the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. The thief, his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. But he has come to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. So we are to be living in abundant life. Thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ, through the empowering presence of Holy Spirit. So life with the Holy Spirit, life in the Spirit is the abundant life. So let's talk about the Spirit just for a minute. Some of the things um, I, I addressed in more detail in um, the other series, because we're still talking about Holy Spirit, so some things will be repeated. But let's just talk a little bit about Holy Spirit before we get into the depth of what life in the spirit looks like. Scripture describes the Holy Spirit in personal terms. He's not an it. He's not a thing. He is a person. He's the person of Jesus Christ. Remember, Holy Spirit came in place of Jesus to be the companion, teacher, guide, leader like Jesus was to his disciples. So he's the spirit of Jesus Christ. We talk about the names of the spirit in prior episodes. Holy Spirit teaches, he guides, he comforts, he intercedes. We see that in John 14, 26. We see that, see that also in Romans 8, verse, verse 14 and verse 26. 
John 14, 26 says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So Holy Spirit is a teacher. Life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit. You will, we will be taught by Holy Spirit. When we, are, when we do life with him, when we allow him to reign in us and have his way in us, he will teach us. He will teach us what we don't know. He will bring things to our remembrance. Verse 14 of Romans 8 says, For as many are, are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Holy Spirit is a leader. He will lead us. And leading is different from guiding. I'm not into talking, I'm not here to talk about that. But Holy Spirit will lead us and he will guide us. Verse 26 of Romans 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. He is our helper. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself, the Spirit himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He is a guide. He's our helper. He's our teacher. He brings things back to our remembrance. He possesses emotions. He's a person. Intellect and will. Ephesians 4.30, 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 14, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. Ephesians 4.30 says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, which means he can be grieved. If you are cautioned not to grieve him, that means he can be grieved. Grieve, upset. Don't upset him. Don't do things that displeases him. Only a person can have those kind of emotions. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 14. The Spirit searches all things. The Holy Spirit teaches. He searches and he teaches without reading the entire five verses. He has intellect. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11, he gives us as he wants. This is talking about the gifting of the Spirit, spiritual gifts. So he gives spiritual gifts as he wishes, as he wills, as he desires. So he has a will. The Holy Spirit spoke to, to, to Philip, Acts 8, 29. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. He gave him instructions. The Holy Spirit gave counsel to the church at Jerusalem, Acts 15, 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. And there came the counsel, what they should eat and what they shouldn't do. Not to eat meat strangled with blood, offered to idols. Stay away from fornication. That was the counsel given to the church in Acts 15. So Holy Spirit guides, he teaches, he leads. I'm just trying to show you real quick before we get into what life looks like with the Holy Spirit, who he is. So when did the Holy Spirit come? 50 days after the resurrection of Christ, right? After Jesus ascended to the Father. John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. If I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So the Holy Spirit came after Jesus was ascended. 
Let's hold on to that just for a little bit. Let, let's continue to talk about when did the Holy Spirit really come? Because there's mention of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. So did he really come in the New Testament? The Holy Spirit was present in the Old Testament. He has always been present upon the earth. Genesis 1, 1 to 2 tells us that he moved upon the waters in the beginning. That's Holy Spirit. In the Old, it, Old, Old Testament, he ministered to believers in such as Moses and his leadership team, as well as to Othniel, Gideon, Samson, Samuel, Jephthah, Saul, David, Jacob, and all the prophets. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. Holy men of God wrote the scriptures as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's what we are told in Acts. But Jesus did say the Holy Spirit would come after he goes back to him father. So how do we work that out? Exodus 31 verse 3, we're looking at Old Testament scriptures where Holy Spirit was in action. The Spirit of God filled a craftsman with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. He was skilled because Holy Spirit gave him that skill. Numbers 11, 16 to 26, 70 prophesied when the Spirit came upon them. Saul did it. These are 70 people who prophesied when the Spirit came upon them. Judges 14, verse 6, Spirit of the Lord enabled Samson to tear a lion apart. That was not Samson's natural strength. That was the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. First Samuel 10, 6 to 10, the spirit of the Lord came upon Saul and he prophesied. Isaiah 59, 21, the spirit of the Lord came upon the prophet Isaiah. Ezekiel 2, 2, Holy Spirit entered Ezekiel. Daniel 5, 11, the Chaldeans described Holy Spirit as a spirit of the holy gods. First Chronicles 12, 18, Spirit of the Lord came upon Amasiah and he spoke. So there are many examples of the Holy Spirit in action in the Old Testament. Now, the difference between Holy Spirit ministering in the whole Old Testament and Holy Spirit coming after Jesus' ascension, after he was crucified, after he resurrected, I should say, the Spirit of the Lord came upon those in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit came upon those in the Old Testament and the Holy Spirit came to dwell in those in the New Testament. So the difference is in the church era, in the New Testament era, beginning from the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came to live in us. You see scripture in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon, came upon. Now the Holy Spirit lives in. He did not always remain with them in the Old Testament. King David asked God not to remove the Spirit from him. First Samuel 16, 13 to 14, the Holy Spirit came mightily upon David. Psalm 51, 11, David asked God not to take his Holy Spirit from him. We said that. So, Holy Spirit ministered to Jesus. We're looking at New Testament now. When Jesus became a human, he lived his life as you and I would, but he was God and without sin. While he lived on this earth, he depended on the power of the Holy Spirit to do the ministry. This should be the pattern of our Christian life. 
We should be dependent on the Holy Spirit to work through us. Jesus is our example of human dependence on the Spirit. Nothing should be done in our own will or our own power. Matthew 1, 18 and Luke 1, 35 talks about being born by the Spirit. Luke 3, 22, Holy Spirit descended on Jesus at his baptism. Luke 4, 11, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Luke 4, 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Luke 10, 21, Jesus rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 2, the Holy Spirit gave orders, I'm sorry, Jesus gave orders to the disciples by the Spirit. Acts 2, 22, ministry were performed in the power of the Spirit. Acts 10, 38, individuals were anointed with the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 9, 14, we see again, Jesus offered himself, dies by the Spirit. Mention is made of Jesus offering himself and he died by the Spirit. And he returned to life by the Holy Spirit. He returned to life by the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of God that raised him from the dead. It's due to the power and the Spirit of God why that tomb remains empty today. Now, Holy Spirit ministry after Jesus. The Holy Spirit was active on this earth in the Old Testament and during Jesus's ministry. We just demonstrated that. Yet in John 16, 7, Jesus says the Holy Spirit will come after he returns to his father. Also in John 14, 26 and John 15, 26, we see that. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. He will send in my name, which means implying he hasn't come yet. John 15, 26, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, that is the spirit of truth. Who proceeds from the father, he will be a witness to me. When the helper comes, another implication, Holy Spirit has not yet come. But we see activity of Holy Spirit in Old Testament. And we see activity of Holy Spirit during Jesus's ministry. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance. Holy Spirit of promise. This implies the Holy Spirit is coming in a new and different way. Not like it was in the Old Testament where Holy Spirit came up on not to dwell in. Acts 2.33, therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you both see and hear. So there was an outpouring, we know that, an outpouring, a fresh outpouring of Holy Spirit after Jesus returned to his Father. Galatians 3.13-14, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, his crucifixion. 
because it was written, curses is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Salvation, being in the fold, being a son or daughter of God, a son of God, a child of God, so that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. The promise is salvation through faith. Holy Spirit orchestrated that. Holy Spirit is, I would say, the wings on which that came, the vehicle through which that came. A promise is not something that has already happened, but something that is coming, something that is in the future. The promise, Holy Spirit would not only live in Jews, but in Gentiles too. Let's go back and look at the verse. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us because it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. And remember, this is a name for Holy Spirit, promise of the spirit. So, Christ redeemed us. Christ went to the cross so that the promise of the spirit would come to the Gentiles, will come to those non-Jews like myself so that we can, we too can receive the blessing of Abraham. A promise is not something that has happened. And the promise is Holy Spirit, that it would not only live in Jews, but in Gentiles too. Thanks be to God. He lives inside all believers starting on the day of Pentecost and he never leaves. The proof or guarantee that one is a Christian is that he or she is being led by the spirit, which takes me to my topic, which I might get more into in the next episode, just laying the groundwork here. Being led by the Holy Spirit is proof or guarantee that one is a Christian. One is a follower of Christ. And when you heard the word of truth, which is the gospel of salvation, when you believed in Christ, you were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, who is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Mm, down payment. It's a guarantee. It's an earnest. Those of us who have bought homes, you put that earnest down to show that you're serious about the purchase. It's your first installment or a pledge to make a full purchase because you're not going to make a down payment and walk away from it. It's a pledge to hold it, to, to, to show the seller that you're serious about the transaction. Ah, Holy Spirit is the down payment. The first payment indicates that the rest will follow. The deposit of the Holy Spirit in our lives is a guarantee that we will receive our full inheritance from God. It's a seal of promise. It's a down payment that more is to come and that more will only come if we nourish, take care of, 
entertain, house, home, fellowship with Holy Spirit. Treat him like a stranger. Hmm. Your relationship is going to be strained. Romans 8, 12 to 24. So then, brothers and sisters, we are under obligation, not to the flesh. We are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. I'm reading the Bible. But if you, by this, if by the spirit, you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And dying doesn't necessarily mean physically dying. Die could mean, some do physically, mainly spiritually dying, dead man walking. You must die. But if you by the spirit, if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live, or the deeds of the flesh, you will live. For all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. I'm going to go deeper in talking about a life in the spirit or could be a life led by the spirit. For all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. Let us not minimize the role that Holy Spirit plays in our lives. So in conclusion, the Holy Spirit was existent in the Old Testament. He ministered to men and women in the Old Testament in many of the ways as he does today. He was promised to come in the future in a new and different way. And that happened at Pentecost. Holy Spirit places every believer into the body of Christ and then remains in the believer. He lives in every believer that places us in the body of Christ and he remains in us. He places Gentiles and Jews together as equals. He lives in Jews and Gentiles alike. Once we accept Jesus as our savior, he indwells us. Holy Spirit is the proof that we belong to God. He lives in us. Can I say that again? Holy Spirit is the proof that we belong to God. He lives in us. Amen. Amen and amen. So I'm going to close with Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For all of you are one in Jesus Christ. All of us are one in Jesus Christ. As long as a person accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior, confessing to be the risen one, to be the Redeemer, the Savior, we're in the family of God. Neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male or female. All of us are one in Jesus Christ. So an introduction of Holy Spirit's action in Old Testament, Holy Spirit's action in New Testament, and the role of the Spirit in our lives. Then I'm going to spend the next two episodes to talk about what a life in the Spirit 
looks like. I pray you will join me for those two additional episodes in this short series. And I do want to tell you thanks again for joining me. Please just continue to come, continue to learn, continue to study with me, be edified, be built up, and share it with some loved ones. These, these are important lessons for us to learn, especially today. Things are so hard for so many people today. So much stress, so much painful things going on, so much news, so much devastation, so much deaths. Oh my God, I mean, everything has seemed to be falling apart, but we have a helper, we have an encourager. Let us not be fearful. This is my, come on. Believers in Jesus Christ, we can't be afraid. We can't be frightened. We can't be anxious. We should be excited because these things are telling us that that day is drawing closer. Amen. That day of blessed hope, the realization of that blessed hope is getting closer and closer. So anxiety and fear should not be a part of our lifestyle because here we remind that we have a comforter. We have a lifter of our head. We have a teacher. We have a guide and he's in us. He's in us. We have a paraclete, a helper. I want to encourage you today that if you're wondering about your relationship, realize that God lives in you. You may not be perfect. You may be struggling. You may feel down. You might, might have made a mistake. Just remember that Holy Spirit lives in you and he loves you as much as the God who created you, as much as the Jesus who died for you loves you. He'll not leave you alone. He will not leave you alone. He will not leave you alone. You have a helper. You have an encourager. You have a strength giver. You have a keeper. You have a sustainer. Oh, thank you, Lord. Pick up yourself and know that you are not alone. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. I pray that this was a blessing to you. I pray that you'll come back for more. Follow me. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook at Books by Rosemary or Books by Rosemary Downer. Visit my website, booksbyrosemary.com and check out my materials. The Lord bless you. Thank you again for being a part of this study. Thank you, thank you, thank you.